0: Hello everybody, we are bringing you a special episode of the Cardiacron Kids Cleveland Sports Podcast. We wanted to do a show recapping and giving our thoughts on all the NBA trade deadline deals. We will also have episode two of our regular show coming Monday, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. So we're going to jump right into it and tell you our thoughts on this year's trade deadline chaos. All right, so we're going to start off this special podcast with the Cavaliers trade. Uh, Mark's got the details, so let's get it going. Yeah, so
1: a big three-team deal happened the day before the trade deadline. Uh, The Cavaliers received Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, a 2019 lottery-protected first-round draft pick from the Rockets, and a 2022 second-rounder from the Rockets as well. The Rockets received Amon Shumpert, former Cavalier. Uh, The Cavs also sent out Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin, while the Kings received Alec Burks and a twenty twenty first second round
0: pick, which the Cavs had from the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they got uh, pretty crafty with this one. Uh, My favorite piece the Cavs brought in was definitely probably Marquise Chris. A really good young player. He's a good athletic big man. Uh, He's got a pretty good shot. He can be inconsistent at times, but he's a good impact player uh, for this team moving forward.
1: Yeah, so I I disagree about it being the biggest part of the trade. I I do like Chris, though. Uh, He averaged 21 minutes in his first two years, starting with the Suns. He started his rookie year more so than his second year. That does give him some uh, viable experience. However, I think the big piece of this trade was definitely the 2019 lottery protected first rounder from the Rockets. The Rockets are pretty much for sure going to go to the playoffs. Basically, as a Cavs fan, you want to root for them to make the playoffs as the lowest seed possible and Mm -hmm. then lose pretty much right out of the gate. Yeah. Get that, you know, the highest lottery pick possible. Wish some good luck, you know, for the Cavs to get that first overall pick and, Hopefully, we land some good draft picks, but I I I really like Chris. I think he could be a a nice rotational piece for us, but I think the big uh, piece from this trade is definitely the first-rounder from the Rockets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You always like when you can bring in draft picks, especially first-rounders, even like later rounders. They can be used down the road even to trade up or move to get other guys, so... First round picks are always very valuable assets for any team. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I real quick, I want to say a thank you
1: to Alec Burks. He was one of the very, very, very small bright spots on this very dark season that we've had. He's actually made the Cavs at least somewhat a little bit of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, he really brought in a surprising haul, too. I, I did yeah, not expect yeah. us to get that much for him, but I definitely would thank him for that for sure.
1: Yeah, and you know we we had Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin for I believe three or four days, which they you'll find out later on here in the episode they end up getting traded I believe two or three more times after this and ended up getting cut by the Pacers. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to return my jersey. Yeah, right. My both of my Wade Baldwin jerseys are actually having to be returned, so that's unfortunate, but. Uh, yeah, uh, along with those two great Cavs, Amon Shumpert went to the Rockets. Uh, we are all very familiar with Shumpert. He's a very good wing player on defense. I don't like this trade a whole lot for the Kings. I think that Shumpert was a pretty good leader in that locker room. Mm-hmm. He kind of brought a lot of swagger to Sacramento. And the the Kings are pretty young. De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, you know, those are good good wing players that are just young and kind of need some mentorship. And Schumper brought that a lot to him. And it was pretty surprising that the Kings ended up getting rid of him. And I I know Alec Burks is a pretty good player and they ended up getting a 2021 second rounder. I, I, I get that. But at the same time, I feel like Schumper losing him might really hurt their chemistry.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the Kings are going in a good direction yeah. Uh they definitely have some good young pieces moving forward, some you know, something to build off of. Um, but yeah, Alec Burks, he's gonna do okay. Mon Schumpert. My favorite thing about him was his hair and his rap. He was a pretty good rapper. He yeah, was a pretty good he, rapper. He was okay. He wasn't the greatest, but he, he got the Cavaliers hyped up. I think he did a couple couple hype songs for them, I think they're sure, in the yeah. playoff run. So he, he he's not a piece that I was too crazy about when he was here, but from a veteran aspect, I, I, I agree with you for sure. One thing to definitely keep in mind, uh, looking forward to next year,
1: Braden Knight's contract will turn into a expiring contract. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to be, uh, it's about a $15 million expiring contract. That could be a pretty big trade piece going into the trade deadline, either next uh, trade deadline or even uh, for the summertime when uh, the draft comes around. Absolutely.
0: All right, now we're going to move on to the other trades happening around the trade deadline. We're going to start off with the one that kind of got the ball rolling with the Mavericks and Knicks trade, the big Chris Stapps, Porzingis trade. is He's kind of like the centerpiece of it. A lot of other big pieces in that deal. Uh, Mark, what do we got with the details? Yeah, so
1: the Mavericks, uh, along with Porzingis, got Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke, while the Knicks received DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round draft picks. Some key facts from this. Uh, Funny note Dirk Nowinski not only is going to be playing with Tim Hardaway Jr., but he also played with his father back in, uh, I believe, 2001. Wow. One of the the few rare instances in the league. So that's a pretty nice little funny uh, tidbit there. Mm hmm. Uh, the Knicks are actually going to be buying out Wesley Matthews, which it looks like Matthews is going to be headed to the Indiana Pacers. Look for him to fill that Victor Depot role okay. with him being out for the year. Um, Courtney Lee is a very underrated player. I think one of the more underrated players in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. Very
1: good 3 and D type of guy. I would have liked to see him on a competitor this year. Uh, somebody, you know trying to make that late playoff push or a, you know, a team like the Sixers I think would have really benefited from Courtney Lee, but it looks like Dallas is going to stay with him. Um, The Knicks are going to, it looks like they're going to be keeping DeAndre Jordan as well. Uh, I apparently Jordan and Kevin Durant are friends. So that's something to keep an eye on Uh, next free agency. Look for Jordan to possibly recruit Durant to New York. Ooh, conspiracy uh, yeah. theories. You well, know I, you know, hey. You know, I love those. And the last thing about it is I I really like Detta Smith. I think he, he could be a very, very good player in this league. I think New York definitely should look to may, maybe not build around him, mm-hmm. but definitely look to him to being a key part of the future. Because I think once he develops, gets a little bit of chemistry with Kevin Knox, and if they bring in Durant, um, you know, Mitchell Robinson is there as well. Once he kind of gets groomed into that, I, Frank Nicolina, I think he could
0: be a pretty nice player, especially as kind of that third role or fourth role. I agree. that I, I think this was a very well rounded trade, a good trade for both sides. I agree with Dennis Smith Jr., he's definitely a good young player and should play an important role in the Knicks moving forward. DeAndre Jordan, I've I've always loved him. He's just a big guy, really physical. He can jump up and dunk over anybody in the league. He plays really good defense, right? Right. And I think they got more, you know, is even of of a deal as you could expect for you know such a good young player like Kristaps Porzingis. Not only that, but coming off an injury, I.
1: Seven-foot mm-hmm. guy with a any sort of leg or foot injury, that's always a little bit of concern, especially since Porzingis has not played all year. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a risk that Dallas, I think, should have took and needed to take. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Luka Doncic there, he's a stud. I mean, he, unbelievable. He's going to be a future MVP, all-NBA all type of guy. Mm-hmm. You need to pair a second guy with him, and I think... Porzingis is definitely that guy if he's healthy.
0: Absolutely, and the Mavericks are really setting up to get things going. When I think they're kind of betting on this whole Warriors takeover to kind of start fading away, and they're going to be there whenever that spot opens up for somebody else to start taking over with these, you know, those those young guys, and possibly bringing in another potential big player. As we know, the league is thriving on this big three system. And I think the Knicks again d- did a really good job of bringing in not only players but then they also brought in the two future first round picks and as we said earlier those those picks you know any any picks are always good assets moving forward when you're especially when you're a rebuilding team so I think that was a really good addition to some very decent players.
1: Yeah, and Dallas's picks might not be until a little bit later, maybe in the 20s or so. Mm-hmm. But one thing yeah, to keep in, that. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind is that the NBA is going to lift the rule to where high school players are going to be allowed to enter the draft here. I I believe I've heard 2021 or 2022 Uh, I believe Dallas's picks going to New York are going to be the 2021 and the 2023. Mm -hmm. So at least one, maybe two of those picks will have high schoolers, which will just push better prospects back to them. So even if they are in the 20s, they're going to be in a pretty nice spot to add some nice young key components to that roster.
0: Sure. So it's kind of like a recap. My opinion on it is kind of what I said earlier is the Mavericks did a really good job of positioning themselves to take a real step in the in the next couple of years you know they're they're ready to take that next step and become a contending team and chris african is going to play a big part in that and the knicks being a team that's ready to go into rebuild mode got the types of pieces they need to start that process
1: Moving on to what I believe is the biggest trade of the deadline. Uh, we're going to talk about the 76ers and the Clippers trade. Now, the 76ers receive Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. Uh, in exchange, the Clippers are going to be receiving Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, who eventually gets traded later, a 2020 first-round pick. A 2021 first-round pick from Miami, a 2021 second-round pick, and a
0: 2023
1: second-round pick.
0: Yeah, Do, I th- I think uh, the 76ers are kind of tooling up to make a run this year. They have this the trade.
1: they have the second best starting five in the NBA. I, I don't even think that's a hot take either. But no. besides the Warriors, I mean, their roster or their starting five stacked. You have Ben Simmons, a point guard, mm. Reddick at the 2, Jimmy Butler at the 3, Tobias Harris, who you could make an argument should have been an all-star at the 4, and Joel Embiid at the 5. That's a very, very, very good starting 5.
0: Yeah, it is. I I, I totally see that. I, I agree with you. They're definitely one of the top-notch starting 5s in the league, and this trade only you know makes them stronger. Again, Tobias Harris being thrown into that starting lineup. They got another... Good big man in Bobin Marjanovic. A really big, powerful guy. A pure pure center. Uh, he's going to be around the basket. He's not going to be doing a ton of scoring for them, but he's going to play really good lockdown post-defense. He's going to be a shot blocker inside. Uh, Mike Scott, he's just kind of, I think, another piece he's thrown a, in he's there. He's a depth guy. He, yeah, he might not he's, get big he's, minutes. Yeah, but... he's a back-of-the-roster guy. Um and then you go to the Clippers' side, and they really didn't get anything too crazy player-wise. They got Landry Schmidt. He's a really good uh, young shooting guard who's got promise, for sure. A lot of potential uh, there, uh, Wilson. Sure. Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, again, they're kind of guys thrown in there. More back-of-the-roster kind of guys, role players. But the bulk of what the Clippers get here is definitely the first round picks that they're receiving. Uh, As he said, 2020 first round pick and a 2021 first round pick. So back-to-back years. And then also bringing in two second round picks. So a lot of assets there gives them a lot of flexibility to kind of take things in whatever direction they want to go in the future.
1: Yeah, so...
0: At first, when I heard about this
1: trade, I, I really thought that the 76ers totally won this trade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After the trade deadline, sleeping on a day or two, my thoughts are now that the Clippers really, really had a very smart plan going into the deadline. Sure. They're still going to be competitive. Wilson Chandler's a guy who's he's not going to play much, if at all. He is on an expiring contract, which helps L.A. a ton with uh, chasing big free agents next year, specifically Kawhi Leonard. I think that's going to be their number one target. Yeah. I, I really like Landry's game. I think he's a young guy You know, from Wichita State. He's a very good three-point shooter, showed a lot of promise uh, in the Philadelphia organization. He has a lot of potential, I think, to be a very solid number two. And they have a guy named Jerome Harrison from Boston College who can play the two or three. I think those two guys mm-hmm. plus Shea uh Gillis Alexander as their point guard. I think uh those three plus they ended up getting Ivaka Zubak from LA, which mm-hmm. we will talk about that trade here in a little bit. That's a very, very solid core four that are all on rookie deals that's going to be huge. And the one draft pick I really want to hone in on is that 2021 first-round Miami pick. Miami, in a couple years, could very well be one of the worst teams in the league. That's one of the most coveted first-round draft picks. So for the Clippers to get that from the Sixers is a a very big win. And not to take away from Tobias Harris, because I love Harris, I think he's a Great fit for the Sixers. He can hit an outside shot from a you know catch, catch and shoot type of role. Boban's a really good backup for Embiid, and Mike Scott kind of has a little dirty swagger to him. And I think he can <laughs> give a little bit of depth if need be. You know, somebody gets in foul trouble or whatnot. Sure. But I really think the Clippers did a great job, all things considered, especially since I don't think Harris was going to resign there next year. Right. So you open up money you get a lot of prospects, a lot of assets to get rid of a guy who's probably not even going to be on your team next year.
0: Yeah, they they know who they are. They're not trying to make a run this year. They know that Western Conference is pretty much locked up. They're aiming for the coming years. They're, you know, and they're not going into a full rebuild or anything like that cuz they like you said they freed up a lot of cap room. So they got those picks. They could look in free agency and look to really get one or two really good strong pieces to where you take that piece and pair it with one of these first round you know future first round picks and you could build something there going forward as well so I think this is also a pretty even trade both both teams did a real good job and I think this is gonna like you said you said it's the biggest trade. I still think the Mavericks trade was kind of like the bigger splash, but I definitely see both both sides there. Okay, moving on. We're going to get into the Bulls-Wizards trade. The Bulls receive Otto Porter, and the Wizards get Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Not anything crazy. There's no picks thrown into this trade. But I think a a few good players, swapping teams. Otto Porter, he's kind of trending down as of late. He's a pretty decent all-around forward, good shooter, but he just hasn't really had the impact that we've kind of expected or that the Wizards hoped that he would have. Uh, The Wizards bringing in Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis, both pretty decent forwards. Jabari Parker has a lot more upside. He hasn't really shown it as of late, moved around the last couple years. But when he first came out in the league, I thought he was a really special player. And then I think he had that injury, and he's just never really been the same after that. Yeah, he wasn't a second
1: overall pick by accident. And being a Duke fan, Jabari Parker has a special place in my heart. That being said, Parker had the knee injury. Knee injuries, I should say. Mm -hmm. He's gained a bit of weight. He's in that tough, is he a three, is he a four type of player? Mm -hmm. Uh, I I agree. I think he does have potential. Does he want it, though? That's, I think, his biggest thing is, does he want it? Is he willing to get into shape? Is he willing to put in the hours? Does he want to be special? If he does, then put some time in the gym, get back to a, a better playing weight, and go for it. You were the second overall pick for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I, I am a big fan of Bobby Portis as well. Yeah, A bit of a knucklehead, but he's a, a good stretch four type of guy. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit buried in Chicago behind Laurie Markennan and Wendell Carter Jr., yeah, being on the being on the wizards now he'll he'll be getting regular playing time I think that's only gonna help him uh Otto Porter overpaid for what he is but he's a solid all around player I, I get why the Bulls made a trade for this type of guy Chicago's not had a ton of luck with high priority free agents the last few years
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I feel like they might have reached a little bit to try and get a good player into Chicago. That being said, Otto Porter's contract is pretty big and they're going to be tied up in some money for quite a bit. But fit wise, I think he fits pretty well with Chris Dunn and Mark and Levine and Carter jr. I think he's a pretty good fit there because he doesn't need the ball to be making plays or having an impact. Right. Um, But I, I have the wizards winning this deal Jabari Parker, if it doesn't work out with him, he has a team option for $20 million next year. Worst comes to worst, decline the trade or the team option and you're set free no harm no foul. Portis, I believe is a restricted free agent. I think that he is going to be worth worth it to keep around for the long haul, more so than Porter and probably on a smaller contract as well. Mm-hmm. So, overall I think the Wizards came out pretty good with this trade. So one of the more underrated trades that honestly might be one of my favorite trades is the Kings getting Harrison Barnes from the Mavericks in exchange for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. Now Zach Randolph is going to get bought out by the Mavericks. He's going to be a free agent. Look for a contending team to look into signing him. But I really like Barnes's fit for the Kings. I think he's a great fit next to Fox and Heald. He is a type of guy who can make an impact on the game without being a ball-dominant player. He's a pretty good wing defender. He can play the four in a small ball lineup. He averaged 19 points a game as one of the top two options in Dallas, but that's not really his game. He's more of a glue kind of guy. Uh, He has playoff experience with the Warriors a few years ago, and I think that only helps him. And I just, yeah, I just really
0: like the fit here. Not to mention, he's probably the first player in NBA history to be traded during the middle of a game. That was wild. He,
1: (laughs) it was really weird. He decided to stay in the game after they had told him, and I have never seen anything like that. I'm not sure if it's ever happened or not, but from everything I've seen through my 26 years of living, mm. I have never seen a player like that. Not only get traded in the middle of the game, but get traded and then continue playing for the game. Because if I'm the Kings and I make this trade, there's no way in hell I want
0: Barnes back out on the court to play. What, what if he gets injured? Well, maybe maybe the paperwork wasn't submitted until you know, until the game was done. Maybe there's a lot of a lot of. I's to dot and T's to cross.
1: But if I have a handshake agreement between the two teams, I am telling the Mavericks, get his
0: ass off the court right now. He yeah he obviously wasn't that mad about it, or else I don't think he would have kept playing. Like He must have expected something to happen. He probably knew he was going to be one of the guys uh, floating around in the trade rumors and ended up being one of the ones being moved.
1: Yeah, and I, it could be just a pure sign of respect from Barnes saying, I I really like this team. I know he did a lot for the community there. He was a really good teammate, really good guy. Everything out of Dallas that I've heard. So maybe he just felt like he owed it to the organization. I mean they signed him to a huge contract, so uh you know, that could just be the type of guy Barnes is. And good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Sure. A lot of NBA players are kind of those divas and I'm really glad somebody just kind of stuck with it. And even though he got traded, he stuck with
0: it and continued playing. That was a very interesting scenario. Indeed. Um, just for a second, I want to talk about Justin Jackson. He's a decent young player. Um, Mm -hmm. he's got some potential to definitely grow kind of an all around, uh, I think he's a former Tar Heel. Yeah. yeah, He's a forward shooting guard. I think he's a forward. Yeah. Yep. Small, small forward. forward. So he, he's a good young piece. Uh, Zach Randolph, I think you said he's expected to be bought out. Yep. He's gonna be probably one of those guys, one of the contenders. Look, you know, look to pick up to add some depth. Uh, anybody who needs, you know, a good big man, uh, maybe maybe like the Lakers. Um, I don't know if the Warriors Warriors necessarily need any more big men, but maybe a team like that. Any any of the contenders out there? That's where he's probably gonna be looking. That's gonna be his market. Uh, as far as Harrison Barnes. I thought when he went to the Mavericks initially, he just overpaid. He was really just a role player who got streaky from times when he was with the Warriors. Um, I think, based off of the contract that he got, he was just overrated, and um, so it's not really a blockbuster deal. I think the bigger story about this deal was definitely the you know the fact that he was traded in the middle of the game. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm happy for Barnes. I think, like I said, his fit in Sacramento is going to be great. I really, really think the Kings are going to end up making that push and getting the eighth seed over the Lakers. I I actually right now have the Lakers out of the playoffs, and that might be a hot take as well, but I really like the Kings' young core. And if they don't make it this year, I think they have a very bright future to move on in the future and possibly contend in the West once kind of Golden State flames out, if Chris Paul ends up moving on in the next few years, he's getting up there in age. Uh, the Spurs cannot be the Spurs for that much longer, I don't think. So I think to look for the Kings to really make a push in the next couple years here as a you know team competing for not only just the playoffs but possibly the Western Conference Finals.
0: The next trade we're going to get into uh, is the deal between the Bucks and the Pelicans. The Bucks are bringing in Nikola Mirotic, traded for Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and a whole of second rounders are going to the Pelicans, uh, four total. That's a lot of second round picks.
1: Yeah, and two of those <laughs>
0: are actually from the
1: Washington Wizards, which could end up being pretty high second round picks with Wall being out and Beal kind of being their only star player. Mm-hmm. So those picks could end up being pretty nice for the Pelicans, but I really 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 like Miritich's fit with the Bucks.
0: Yeah, he he's going to be a good piece for them. He's going to be a guy who can stretch the floor and a guy who can play inside a little bit too. He's got a pretty decent post game. Um, not really a crazy defender, or anything like that, but he's going to come in and he's going to boost the offense a little bit for sure. And, you know, not that they necessarily need too much with, you know, the good young core and the, I mean, they're the best team in the league right now with the, they got the best records. So they're, you know, they only get better with this deal, I think. Yeah. And my favorite thing about this trade is the fact
1: that, the Bucks can go big or they can go small. Mm-hmm. So, for example, oh, you're going to play a small ball? We're going to throw Giannis at the 5, Miritich at the 4. We got Middleton at the 3, Brogdon at the 2, and we got Bledsoe at the 1. We can play you man-to-man. We can play you fast, however you want to play. Oh, you want to go big? Well, let's slide Brogdon to the bench, move everybody down a spot. Giannis go back to the 3, Miritich stay at the 4. Lopez comes back in at the 5. Lopez is having a great year on the outside shooting. So ha, you know, and he's a big body. I, I don't know how pe- I don't know how teams can try and take advantage of their lineups when Milwaukee has an answer for everything.
0: Yeah, they they definitely give themselves a lot of flexibility with the different types of lineups they can put together like you just said. Um I think this is just another step uh, another step that shows that they really believe that they can not only make a deep run in the playoffs but have a real chance to win it all. You know, they're, Like I said, they're sitting at the top NBA with the best record, and they really believe they're a team that can give the other team that's been far and beyond any other in the last couple of years being the Warriors, I think they, they can give them a real run for the money and they might just have a chance something to keep in mind as well other than Giannis all
1: four other starters for the Bucks are going to be free agents after the year that's something to keep in mind
0: yeah Uh, absolutely
1: whether that means Milwaukee decides to try and pursue a big free agent or they try and keep their core into attack other than Giannis and Brogdon and obviously Brogdon's not a starter in this scenario, but he's a great six man. Mm -hmm. Do they go to keep Bledsoe and Middleton and Lopez and Mirituk? Do they try and go for a guy? Do they try and make a trade for Anthony Davis? Apparently Milwaukee was on Davis's list of four teams that he would resign with. Mm -hmm. I think a Davis Giannis combo would just be terrifying. The length and athleticism from those two is just unbelievable. So... It, it might depend on how they do in the playoffs this year. If they get bounced down in the second round, they might decide, you know what, we need to make some changes. We need to get some bigger, better town around Giannis. If they make it to the finals or win the championship, obviously they're going to look more into keeping that same core intact. But that's definitely a bigger uh, headline going into the offseason is what do the Bucks do to surround Giannis with the best chance to win?
0: Absolutely, and that, that makes them probably the most interesting team going forward in the, the next few years to see how that team develops and what they turn into because like you said they have such a huge building piece with Giannis and with all those free agents coming up they could decide to stick with that or bring in some firepower from free agency and really shake things up
1: All right, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because, honestly, this is just the most frustrating, annoying trade I think that happened on the trade market. So the Clippers received Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green from the Grizzlies, and in exchange, they gave up Avery Bradley. For the Clippers, what a great deal. Temple and Green are both on expiring contracts. Temple's having a pretty good year. Definitely not a type of guy that is going to be in the Clippers' future. He's 32 years old. He's on an expiring deal. No sense of keeping him, especially since they're going to go for a higher priority free agent. Jamichael Green, he is 28, I believe. Again, he's on an expiring deal as well. He's young enough and good enough that they could bring him back. But again, if they want to try and go for as many big free agents as possible, then you don't have to resign him. Now, Avery Bradley, his contract's a little bit interesting. He is owed $12.9 million next year, but if they cut him by July 3rd, he's only owed $2 million. So pretty much as a financial standpoint, the Clippers save $2 million next year at worst. If the Grizzlies decide to keep him, obviously they owe him a lot more money. Yeah. I just I I don't see the the positive here for the Grizzlies. Avery Bradley has been not good at all since he left Boston. He's overpaid what he was known for was his defense, which is not good anymore. He's averaging 8 points a game. He can't shoot from the outside. He's undersized. I just I I don't get why the Grizzlies
0: did this trade at all. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And the words of a one great DJ Khaled, the Grizzlies played themselves. They did. They, I just, I, it, I, this makes no sense. I, I have no
1: emotional ties to the Grizzlies and I don't know why this fires me up so much, but the Grizzlies just, that was probably the worst trade of the entire deadline. You at worst, you picked up $2 million next year for a broken-down Avery Bradley who
0: can't play defense and can't shoot the three anymore. Yeah, they must think they got like some false sense of being able to... Bring a player back from the dead? Something? They, I, I don't they, know what they must it have is. thought they
1: got twenty fifteen Avery Bradley. Exactly. That's the only thing I can think of is if they think that back in time when Tyreek Evans was a pretty good player for them, and yeah. they had Mike Conley
0: at the peak of his prime. It,
1: I just it doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah, this this trade was definitely definitely one of the more baffling trades uh, around the trade deadline all right moving right along here we got a trade between the Raptors and the Grizzlies Uh, the Raptors are bringing in Marcus saw and they're sending the Grizzlies Jonas Valanciunas DeLon Wright and CJ miles and a 2024 second round pick not a uh, bad trade. Uh, Marcus Hall is obviously a really good big guy. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, I like him a lot. He's kind of a lesser version of Marcus Hall, but he's got some good potential. Uh, Delon Wright, C.J. Miles, they're going to be good role players. Players the Grizzlies can definitely utilize going forward, and then you know just another second round pick thrown in there. So
1: something that caught my eye on this trade, and it's pretty funny, the 2024 second rounder, if you think about it, that could be a 8th grader right now hmm. sitting in class, wow. h- hanging out at home or whatever. So just kind of funny to think about how far out that second rounder is. You just
0: imagine the 8th grader sitting out there like, that could be me. Yeah, and it very <laughs> well could be. Setting uh, their goals high on a second round. Pick exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I'm not as high on this trade as a lot of people are. I, I do like Marcus Uh I like Marcus saw a lot more three years ago, being a 34 year old guy who's had to battle some injuries. Uh, he, he's a very good defender, however, just again, 34 injuries is he going to be able to hold up? Uh, Valentinus, pretty good player, poor man's Marcus he might give the Grizzlies a little bit of uh, potential in the future, but I don't see him ever turning his game into being Marcus Saul. Dillon Wright could be their potential point guard of the future. I do like the combination of him and Dylan Brooks along with Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that could be a pretty nice little trio going forward. CJ Miles has been good in the past, however, this year he's really struggled, and I know Toronto's pretty happy to uh, move lot, uh, move forward without him. yeah. Uh, the, in terms of the Eastern Conference, I think this trade helps the Raptors, but it does not help the Raptors enough compared to what the 76ers and the Bucks did. However, I, I think this definitely is an improvement for the Raptors, and the Grizzlies need to get rid of Gasol. It, it, it was time. This is the first time that the Grizzlies have ever in their history of their franchise, not had a Gasol brother on the team, which is a huh. crazy thing to think about. Wow. But it, it was time. And I, I really think they should have pushed for a Mike Connolly trade. I get why they kept him. He's a little bit younger. He's a little bit better right now than Gasol. He's really helped out Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. Uh, he'll be a good mentor for Delone Wright as well. I, I, I would have... Hit the bullet. I would have done the total rebuild, but I I get why the Grizzlies kept him.
0: Yeah, I think bringing in Marcus Gasol to the Raptors. They're they're one of those teams that are contending there in the East, and this is a move that could help get them over the top there. Um, they lost a couple, you know, role players, depth players, with uh, C.J. Miles and Delon Wright. But as you said, CJ really hasn't been what he was the last couple of years. He's, you know, was a pretty good, solid three point shooter, but he just hasn't really been on the mark this year. And they wanted to really upgrade that, you know, big man spot at, an- at another key piece. And Marcus could really, you know, help him out with that, especially or at least for this year's run.
1: Yeah, and so with Marcus Hall coming in, Serge Ibaka is going to go back to the bench. With Delon Wright coming uh, to Memphis, the Raptors have uh, Fred Van Vliet. Delon Wright was a restricted free agent, so it was a possibility the Raptors wouldn't have been able to keep him. And Norman Powell has been taking C.J. Miles' minutes. So, re- I mean, really, I mean, yeah, you lose some bodies, but overall you're not really losing a whole lot of pure depth. And one thing that I, I really do like about this trade is the defense between Gasol, Siakam, and Leonard. I think in the front court is going to be pretty, pretty tough to score on. <laughs> So I know we already talked about Mike Muscala a little bit, going from the Sixers to the Clippers, but uh, shortly after that, he was already on the move. Uh, The Lakers ended up trading for Mike Muscala, and in exchange, they traded away Evika Zubak and Michael Beasley to the Clippers. Uh, They're actually, you know, they play in the same stadium, so they literally just have to walk right down the hallway, and they're in each other's locker room, so... Uh, geographically not a big change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, I, I think the Clippers totally took the Lakers to the to the shed here. Zubak is a very nice young big up and coming big man. He's got some pretty good minutes this year with JaVale McGee being injured and Tyson Chandler not exactly being able to put up starter minutes and yeah. he's produced well. Uh, especially on a team that has a lot of guys who score and like to put the ball up, you know, to the hoop. Uh, the Clippers did buy out Michael Beasley, but I mean, Mike Muscala is an, a nice little player. He can shoot outside, not a whole lot of rebounds from a guy his size, and you know, his niche is catch and shoot, shoot three pointers. Not going to give you much on defense, which is fine, but. Mike Muscala is not going to put the Lakers up and over to get them, not only into the playoffs, but, you know,
0: into contention with that. Yeah, from from what I can tell, it kind of looks like taking that that drop of potential from Zubac to Muscala was kind of to get them to take maybe the Michael Beasley contract. Um, obviously, the Lakers... As they have LeBron and they're always going to be trying to win, they're always going to want to free up a little bit of money whenever they can. I actually like Michael Beasley a lot, though. I-, I liked when they brought him in. He's especially because last year with the Knicks, he had a really good year there. He reminded me a lot of a pretty decent Carmelo Anthony when he was there. Wow. He's doing a lot of things like wow. He not not like. Prime like like now Melo. Like, Melo has, hasn't obviously been playing, but if you put him in a game now, if he signed to a team and started playing, that's kind of how Beasley was playing last year for him. He put up some big numbers offensively. Um, he could get really streaky when he was shooting, and I thought if he could bring that to the Lakers, that would be kind of a sneaky pickup for them and somebody who could have a pretty decent impact coming off of the bench. But he just really hasn't panned out for him to this point, so they decided to move on from him.
1: Being Cleveland fans, we've seen this firsthand. When LeBron was here... He wanted and got three-point shooters around him. We had J.R. Smith. We had Kyle Korver. Back in the day, we had Mo Williams. We had Boobie Gibson, Antoine Jameson, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. He goes over to the Lakers. They come out and say, we are going to surround him with slashers, with guys who can drive. We do not need to surround him him with three-point shooters. Yeah. Come trade deadline, they trade for Mike Muscala. They also traded for Reggie Bullock for the Russian kid, uh, Svai, do not know how to pronounce his last name, and a second-round pick.
0: Hold on, let me, let me try. Let's hear it. Svai mikulio Luke.
1: Uh, sure. It sounds about <laughs>
0: right.
1: Might need to put a YouTube clip in there if somebody's saying his name so we don't sound like idiots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, I mean, this is LeBron. He gets his way. Obviously, he, him and Rich Paul were the ones driving the Anthony Davis talk. He cannot succeed without shooters. LeBron is very ball-dominant. He needs to be able to drive to the hoop, and if he doesn't have shooters near him, then obviously they're going to collapse the paint on
0: him. He's not going to get his assists that he wants, etc., yeah, the, these deals definitely have LeBron James's name written all over them. All
1: over it. All over it. And it's, it's frustrating because, you know, LeBron has thrown all these young guys under the bus, whether you think they're going to be all NBA guys, whether you think they're going to be role players, bust, whatever. He's thrown them under the bus.
0: He doesn't directly... Throw them under but the you bus. Know who's his agent? But when they but when they come up in trade talks, we all know why those players in the trade talks. If, Le- if there was a player on the team LeBron didn't want traded, you would not hear their name in trade talks. Not only so. was it
1: some of the young, it was every single young player. Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, Hart,
0: Zubak, Beasley, I Rondo,
1: s- Stevenson. Everybody was getting traded. Oh, yeah.
0: I would say... The one I saw the least out of that group was Hart. I feel like... That's... He's played awful basketball. He's played awful basketball lately.
1: Which is maybe... I, I don't know why that is. You would think Rich Paul and LeBron would try and get him out of here if he was playing bad. Maybe they knew the market for him wasn't going to be very good. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. But I just... it just... Those poor kids. And, yeah. It's just those poor kids. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll leave it, leave it at that. Those poor kids. All right, the next trade we got for you is a deal between the 76ers and the Magic. The 76ers are bringing in Jonathan Simmons, they get a twenty twenty lottery protected uh, first round pick from Oklahoma City, and also a second rounder. The Magic will receive Mark Markell Fultz, former first round pick. First he, overall pick, yeah. That's that's nuts. I mean, he obviously has had his issues. had had the the mystery disappearance of his jump shot whatever happened with that this Mm. weird shoulder injury that's been going on he's he's had a very interesting story so far in his young NBA career and they've already elected to move on from him it's been a weird 18 to
1: 20 months for Markel Foltz uh you got a feel for the kid he looked good in summer league beforehand and I don't think we'll ever get the full story about what happened with him, but I think it was best for both parties to move on. Fultz, I, I, I think he has a lot of potential. I think he can still find it, and I, I love the fit with the Magic. He's a six foot four, six foot five guard who has a lot of length to him. I think he pairs uh, well with Jonathan Isaac as well as Mo Bamba. Both are all three guys are real lengthy and can play some pretty good defense when they really sh- uh, shut down. I think uh, him and Aaron Gordon would be a lot of fun on a fast break. Oh yeah, you know, uh, and you know for the Sixers you got a nice depth piece with Simmons. That 2020 pick, uh, unless injuries or something crazy happens in Oklahoma City, they're going to get that first rounder, and you got a second rounder for him, and obviously. That's not what they wanted for Fultz, but you know, it getting this deal is better than nothing. They're ready to win now, and if Fultz isn't going to do it for him, then you got to move on and try and add some depth pieces for him.
0: Yeah, and really, they don't really need him that much. They didn't really need him. Um, ben Simmons is pretty much the point guard. Yeah, for that team. So at that, if you want to put it into a lineup even if you had Ben Simmons listening as the small forward ever he's he's running point with the ball so you just have another shooting guard out there really and you're good to go yeah and I mean especially now with the Harris
1: trade I it it would be really tough to see where Fultz would fit into that Butler is your three Simmons as your one you got JJ is your two and I, I think JJ you don't take him out of that starting lineup I think he's a perfect fit for to start in that five. I I don't, Fultz would have been a nice option off the bench. However, he's not experienced enough. He hasn't had enough playing time to where you could rely on him as being that threat as a six man. So I think just, again, it it could have been just a mental thing with both parties and it, it was a good time to move on.
0: Yeah. I like Fultz. I hope he gets whatever's going on with his shoulder and his jump shot figured out. I'd like to see him, Come back and you know make an impact in the league, and I think that that door is still open. I like to have hope for for players who mysteriously fall off, and yeah, good old still him. are still young and still have a lot of opportunity ahead of them.
1: Don't sleep on the Magic: Fultz, Bamba, Wojcik, Isaac, Gordon. Terrence Ross. That's a pretty nice roster.
0: Yeah, I like Aaron Gordon a lot. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's he's a real good young player as well. So definitely a good pairing there. They they do indeed have a pretty decent roster going forward.
1: So we won't get into uh, depth for these trades here, but in case you missed it, here are some of the trades that also happened during the trade deadline. Uh, the Bucks received Stanley Johnson, who we had already talked about later, got moved. Uh, the Pistons received bon Maker. I do like that trade for the Pistons. I think Thonmaker has some potential. Uh, 76ers and Raptors. The 76ers received Malachi Richardson, who's a pretty good stud player at Syracuse. A 2022 20, second rounder and the rights to international prospect Emir Preldzik, while the Raptors received future cash considerations. The Suns and Heat completed a trade. The Suns receiving Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington will end up being bought out and signing with the Pistons, while the Heat receive Ryan Anderson. Uh, Between the Pelicans and the Wizards, the Pelicans receive Markeith Morris, who has a neck injury, and the Pelicans have already waived him as well, while the Wizards receive Wesley Johnson. The 76ers completed a trade with the Rockets as well. The 76ers receiving James Ennis, just adding a little bit more depth to their bench, while the Rockets receive a 2021 second rounder. Uh, the Rockets and Pacers completed a trade as well. The Rockets receiving future considerations from the Pacers, and in return, the Pacers received Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin, who were both waived, actually, so those are both now free agents, mm-hmm. and they also picked up a future second-rounder. Uh, one underrated move that I think could do good for both of these players, the Blazers and Kings. The Blazers received Scalabissiere and the Kings receive former Purdue Big Ten Player of the Year Caleb Swanigan. Uh, with the Hawks and the Grizzlies the Hawks received Shelvin Mack who was already bought out while the Grizzlies received Tyler Dorsey. And finally to wrap it up the Nets and Raptors completed a deal. The Nets received some good big man depth in Greg Monroe plus a 2021 second rounder, while the Raptors uh, receive some future
0: considerations. This was definitely a very active trade deadline this year.
1: Yeah, 24, I believe, trades overall in the last you know two, three days of the trade deadline, which is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to go back <laughs> and look and see how the last few years how active they've been, but this seems more than the usual to me. Um, I, it, I might be crazy. It might just be the norm. It might just be this time of the year and I'm just getting caught up in it, but that's so, so many deals and, you know, no absolute blockbusters aside from, I think the Porzingis deal. I think he was probably the biggest player moved, but, with that being it, there's still so many other good impact deals that were done at this trade line, deadline. It's pretty pretty amazing. Pretty it's one amazing. of my favorite times
1: of the year. Between Porzingis, Tobias Harris, Mirek, Harrison Barnes. I mean, Marcus Sall. A lot of big name. A lot of big names moved. I think Porzingis was definitely the biggest name moved. And it's it's like a holiday. Love looking forward to it every time of year and. It was fun. It was fun to keep up and watch and see who all got moved. It was a blast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's going to do it for our Trade Deadline Recap Show. Make sure to check out our regular shows dropping every Monday, including Episode 2 this upcoming Monday. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Both are at Cardi Akron Kids. We are also now on Spotify and iTunes. If you like the show, click follow on Twitter, like our Facebook page, spread the word. We will be doing some t-shirt giveaways as we go along and grow. So you don't want to miss out. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.